Welcome back to the Faith Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Summers, and today I am here with Reverend Dr. Mindy Cromwell. Mindy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> that seems very... <laughs> Possibly great, huh? a little forced, but I'm well, here, I'm alive, moving forward. We're, yeah. Every day, we're moving closer to the end of February. Preach! Yes! And here's my life advice. Never make a major decision in the month of February. I mean, I just say don't make any major life decisions. Well, that's, that's another way to approach life. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's, that is not good advice. This is not, this is not an approved message by your student body chaplain, I promise. Uh, no. um, but you, you are absolutely right. Especially when you're in college and spring fevers and, and ring by spring is right, right around the corner. Um, I, okay, fun little story right quick. I used to go to a college called Baptist Bible College and a lot of people nicknamed that college Baptist Bridal College. Nice. Because people literally go there to find a spouse. To get your MRS. Yes, exactly. I know the language. (laughs) Oh, so you are new here at Central as of last semester. Yes. Um, could you talk a little bit about, um, your background with how you, you transitioned in, um, I assume you're not from Kansas or maybe you are. I'm not from Kansas. You're not from Kansas. Yep. So do you want to maybe start, start with a bit of your background? Sure. Uh, so we moved here to Kansas about two years ago for my husband's position. Uh, he is the superintendent of the Great Plains Conference of the Free Methodist Church. And so he's over um, Kansas, Nebraska, and a little bit of Missouri. And so we moved from Michigan with our two sons who were going into junior high and a sophomore in high school at the time. So we made a major life, uh, life move from Michigan to Kansas, but we we're both from the Midwest. So we we're both originally from Illinois. Mm-hmm. So um, that part wasn't necessarily, that wasn't a cultural adjustment for us, but being in the Great Plains, mm-hmm. Kansas is definitely a little bit more Western Midwest, so there were definitely some cultural adjustments. And we moved from a very, um, a much larger city and a church background that was much more diverse. We had a lot of folks from around the world in our okay. church. So this has been a, actually transitioning to being on Central's campus after moving here <laughs> has been a refreshing, actually kind of has made me feel more like Back, yeah. that I'm back in Michigan, so I've appreciated that part. But yeah, yeah so I, so when we moved to Kansas, I left my job uh, working for the East Michigan Conference. I did ministerial credentialing. That's mm-hmm. part of my background. And when this job came open, I applied for it. Um, and I knew Dr. Brun, so that was a really fun oh, okay. transition to make, knowing somebody and being able to yeah. have some good conversations and continuity within the department yeah. there. So, yeah, so I started last fall. Um, and, yeah, it's been a life adjustment to make all these changes, <laughs> balancing life with kids in and out of in-person school yeah. and just all the changes that have had to happen. So, yes, it's been a wild ride. Well, just be aware of the fact that 
you know, the greatest generation of all times is considered those that came out of World War II because of all the hardship and tragedy they went through. So with COVID, like your your kids are going to be set up for life. They will. Um, <laughs> and you yourself or you're going to, you know, that's that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, we've we have learned a lot of lessons. Let's say that we've watched a lot of Netflix together as a family. <laughs> So yeah, that's good family fun. Bonding. Yeah, good family bonding. Yeah. Absolutely. Our latest is Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience on Netflix, which is a Canadian sitcom, half-hour sitcom. Highly recommend. Who knew okay. the Canadians were good at comedy? Sorry, don't want to offend any Canadians. Look, listening Canada, to Canada gave us Thousand Foot Crutch. I'm all for them. There you go. You know, um, they got good candy. They do. They, they do. Got good candy. You know, it's yeah. it's hard to say anything. Like I can't. I don't, and I don't want to try to find anything to say bad about Canada because Canada's no, pretty awesome. Not gonna, not gonna do it. They gave us, they gave us Canadian bacon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it's so we're happy to be here. I'm happy yeah. to be here. It's great to be on campus. I mm-hmm. so I have taught. So I've taught undergrad, traditional undergrad, and I've taught adult degree completion. Okay. For the past, do I have to say how long I've been? How long I've been teaching? I'm not going to say. That is completely it. up to you. Yeah. It's been a while. Let's just say I got a few decades. Do you, have, do you have any younger siblings? I'm an only child. Okay. That's a no. Do you have younger cousins that you hung out with regularly? Any? No? No. Uh, I was the youngest. Okay. I was going to say, you know. I'm a special, special. I was an only child. I'm a special little girl. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, anyway, it's great to be back in the classroom and, um, and on campus at Central. I just kind of like the vibe. I like hanging yeah. out with college students and mm-hmm. being with people at this age of life. And I think I have some small amount of wisdom to share. <laughs> Very small. Mostly, I'm just here to walk alongside folks. Yeah. And I, I greatly appreciate that. I, I, I remember hearing that we were getting um, someone to step into um Dr. Bruns is old role. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. Man, I don't even know his <laughs> style. I was, I was, I was originally, honestly, really bummed whenever I heard he was leaving because I, I hadn't gotten to take a class with yeah. him yet, yeah. and I really wanted to. Um, so when I heard that there was somebody stepping into that role and that they weren't just going to lump every bit of ministry department on Larry, <laughs> for, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I know he can do it, but man, that's he, a lot. That's, that's a lot. lot. <laughs> that's a lot to heap on to heap an entire department on one person is just. That's that's too much. Um, so I, I was excited um, to hear that we were getting somebody. And as I've, um, you know, between content last semester with mm-hmm. with chapel content last semester and um, even just this semester with your chapel message, I, I personally have been very blessed by um, your work here so far. And I've, I've become more and more stoked to have you as a part of campus awesome. and for, thank you. um, for you to come alongside us. So thank well, you so much. Weirdly, I, because of my, I, I do volunteer work outside of central working with the free Methodist historical society. Okay. So I actually weirdly know a lot of um, Central and Orleans Seminary and Westington Springs <laughs> Seminary that are all kind of tied together in our history. Yeah. A lot of background. Okay. And some of it, I just think there are so many people who have come before us that can provide us mm-hmm. with um, spiritual lessons and help point us to Jesus. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of wealth and um, spiritual wealth in, in our past. Absolutely. So, I mean, he, I mean, you know, this month... 
with Black History Month, mm-hmm. and we recently just celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yep. And that man was so so faithful and prophetic, even absolutely um, yeah. to what to what's going on today. And it, you know, you go back and listen to some of his sermons, and they could have easily been preached yesterday. Absolutely true. So. I think it would be fun, you know, thinking a year ahead mm-hmm. for next or throughout next year's to, you know, go through some of his sermons Absolutely. or maybe, you know, do some different things with that. Cause I think there's a lot of, a lot we could learn there that you're, you're absolutely right. Speaks to our experience mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about how you came to know the Lord initially? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up or I was born into a family. My dad's side was, um, Mennonite and then later just kind of independent Bible church and my mom's side was Catholic so I grew up or I was born into a family that had both of those uh, traditions and I actually attended church uh, as a like from the time I was like a month or so old with my father's mother Mm -hmm. and that side of the family um, in a in a Bible church and it was my grandma uh, greaser who led me to the Lord by the time I was five and just was so faithful to um ensure that i knew that jesus loved me mm-hmm. and that um she really wanted to make sure that i had um my own faith mm-hmm. uh, my parents at that time were neither of them were attending church and so grandma kind of stepped in to be that spiritual figure in my life um she passed away. She was quite ill with Parkinson's by the time I was in junior high. So at kind of a key like age in mm-hmm. my life, she passed away. Yeah. And uh, so I grew up in Peoria, Bartonville, Illinois. Peoria is larger, Bartonville not so much. Um, but a lot of people, because my grandma had done, I don't know if you've heard of Backyard Bible School, mm-hmm. um, Child Evangelism Fellowship. My grandma was somebody who was always running these backyard Bible schools. And so I would have people come up to me when I was in junior high and high school and they would hear my last name because my maiden name Greaser was, is unusual and there weren't that many Greasers around and they would go, Oh, are you Ruth Greaser's granddaughter? Yep, I am. And they'd say, Oh, she led me to the Lord. Like she just had this (laughs) reputation around town for just faithful witness and Mm -hmm. just this person who loved children and love to tell children about Jesus. Um, So she just played a huge role in kind of giving me that faith foundation. Mm -hmm. But because of when she passed away, um, I ended up going to church uh, by myself then when I was quite young. Um, And I ended up going to a missionary church, which not missionary Alliance, just straight missionary. There aren't many in Kansas. Um, They're mostly in, Indiana. Um, but it's a holiness church like the Free Methodist Church is a holiness. It comes out of the holiness tradition. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends from that youth group went to Greenville College, which is a sister school of Central. And so when I it was time mm-hmm. for me to go to college, I had friends going there. They had the major I wanted. So I ended up at Greenville. And that was like the next... Like, I, I was a strong Christian in the way that I knew how to be a strong Christian throughout high school and had, um, a great youth group. And, and, you know, my parents who didn't attend church 
made sure that I was at every church event I needed to be at. Like they were very faithful in that. And they kind of said to me fairly plainly, like we have our own issues with church just because of things people had done to them. But they Mm -hmm. said, you have to figure out your own way. And they were willing to support me in what that looked like, which I just give them a ton of credit for not putting their own issues onto me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause that's, that's really hard to, when you, yeah. when you've been, when you've been hurt by somebody, it's like to, to be able to, when you've been hurt by somebody or something to be able to turn to somebody else and say, I was hurt by this, but you don't have to be, that takes a lot of maturity. Yeah. And for it, I know I think when you add that layer of the church being church people and the Mm -hmm. church being what hurt you, like that's a whole layer of spiritual abuse that Mm -hmm. I think can just turn people inward in some really terrible ways. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I've seen it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just give them a lot of credit for at a really formative time in my life, them just being very aware. Um, So I went to Greenville and that really, that whole idea of being at a Christian college that said, we believe that God created us to love him with our whole heart, you know, mind, Mm -hmm. body and strength. Like we want to figure out what it means to be the best that we can be in whatever area we're studying in. That just transformed, like it just took me to the next level of spiritual growth to have people around me that wanted me to be the best Christian I was in whatever area I was studying. Mm-hmm. And I just had a really formative experience there in figuring out what that looked like. Yeah. Um, and so it was years later after I was married and after I went to graduate school that... So when I was in college, I also was starting to figure out what it meant to have a call to ministry. Mm. And I had some people speaking into my life saying, hey, I see this in you. And I really couldn't see it in myself. And that just the Lord just kind of used them to plant those seeds. Mm-hmm. And years later than when I was married, that call just kept getting more clear. And those same people were still connected to me. That's the great thing about a central that's a great thing mm-hmm. about a greenville is that these these instructors these teachers here like don't want to just teach you in class like they want to be a part of your life and be a part of your faith development and we want to walk alongside you for the rest of your life like it's a lifelong commitment i in my mind to be teaching at a christian school yeah because amen. you'll bump up against these people and like you are brothers and sisters in christ right like it's a right. whole so, thing yeah so there's a, there's a deeper connection than just a teacher student relationship or um, some other mentor and student relationships it, it because of our because of our faith that these are yeah. these are connections that um, we, we get to make these connections with people who then we can continue to be discipled mm-hmm. by continue to learn from and grow from uh, because of, because of that that connection so I, I'm, I'm stoked to hear that you yeah. are um, you know continuing that forward mm-hmm. in being here on campus and yeah well and i had a a professor once say to me like they're like you know i just imagined that at the most beautiful thing to them about heaven was yes being with the lord and being in heaven but also that that was going to be a time when all of these 
fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that they had known at different stages and in different places and at different times, we're all going to get to sit down at the banquet table of the Lord together and mm. worship him. Like, Amen. it's just this, like, it's, this is a part of a longer story. For, yes. That and that's, for, for me, that's like, that's really exciting and really encouraging. Cause I've been like, I've, I've been to so many churches. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Texas and I have my church family from there. I, when I lived in Springfield, Missouri for a year, so oh, okay. I have yeah. I have um, church friends and family from mm-hmm. there. Um, I have my, uh, ch- a church in Salina, mm-hmm. a church here in McPherson, and you know, like all of my brothers and sisters in the faith here in McPherson. Um, I also have I I've, uh, was on a mission trip in Moldova for ten weeks. Wow! And so I have a bunch of connections there, and yeah. they're from all over the place. The people that I met there, because yeah. there was um, there were people there from. Germany, who mm-hmm. were oh, this guy Ruben was half German, half English, grew up in um, New Zealand for nine years. You get hit, you hear him say one word, and you get hit with three different accents <laughs> at once. It was awesome. So I have, you know, there's him, mm-hmm. and um, I have, you know, at the same time, there's people from Italy that are at this in this program, and there's all these different, you know, people in different walks of, or you know, from different from mm-hmm. different areas, but they're all walking with the Lord. And just the idea that I get to, there, there will come a day where I will get to be permanently mm-hmm. united with, yeah. with them again and like share an eternity with them. And also, it, I, I was also thinking about this, you know, there's, there's that occasion when, um, when brothers fight, <laughs> when families <laughs> fight and what, and, and, yeah, what a concept, but just that there will come a day when all the fighting will cease and we'll mm. be able to look at our brothers who we are disconnected with, mm-hmm. with where we can finally reconnect with them and not, yeah. not have that tension anymore. Yeah. And we can yeah. have that love and joy and peace and mm-hmm. harmony. Mm-hmm. So that, that's exciting to me. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Where were we at? You had gone to seminary. I didn't go to seminary. You didn't go to I seminary. I was in graduate you're, school. You're, yeah, you're yeah. Graduate. Okay. So my yeah. So my district. My PhD is in historical theology. I went straight from undergrad into a PhD program. Okay. And just so I took all the master's classes, but I don't have a separate degree. Interesting. You just. I just went. I could have stopped and like done the exams. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to, so well, I decided not to. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. So yes. So um, so it's a it's a PhD in historical theology. Okay. So it's graduate work. I did not go to seminary. Okay. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Still extraordinarily gifted. Still called to ministry. Still called to ministry. Well, yeah. So well, in when I was at Greenville, I mm-hmm. did basically all of the classes because right. I had a religion. Religion and English. I double majored in religion and English. Okay. So I had all the classes. Right. And a lot of students, because of Greenville's degree at the time, didn't have to go on to seminary mm-hmm. because they already had, we had most of the classes. So. Okay. Yeah. So you, you mentioned you were kind of figuring out what it meant to be called to ministry. Yes. Um, maybe for anybody on campus right now that is, has considered that or is debating that and what does that really look like? Am I being called to ministry? Can you maybe... For, for that student that yeah. might be listening, can you maybe elaborate on what Absolutely. that looked like for you? Yep. Sure. So let me start off by saying, if you follow Jesus, you are called, you are called, first of all, you are called into ministry. Um, 
you're called to share your gifts with your local church. You are called to share the gospel with your neighbor, meaning anyone and everyone. Um, so when I say I felt called into ministry, I should qualify. I felt called into full-time, full-time vocational. vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. And I try to be intentional, but I'm not always still with that language because I just want everybody to understand, like, if you're following Jesus, you're called to something. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I felt a call into full-time vocational ministry. I was already, it was at that point I was finishing my dissertation and I knew that I had a calling into um, the academics. Like, So I had done my degree in theology and I was feeling called towards, um, you know, being, being a professor, being an instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, and within, so I'm a part of, I'm ordained in the Free Methodist Church. And we mm-hmm. consider that a calling that you are ordained elder to because we believe that the classroom that that is a mechanism of calling people to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so not every denomination does that. Right. Um, but I also, um, I also preach. I, these days I just don't as much anymore just because I'm busier, but yes, I preach. Also I've done COVID. children's ministry because of COVID, <laughs> all of these things. Yeah. Um, so I have kind of followed a very unique path and what I did when we lived. So yes. Yeah, so I, was on that path and we were in local church ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting my PhD and I was also doing local church ministry at the same time as I was doing all of the things that we do um, in the free Methodist church. So every denomination is a little bit different. Um, I think the cool thing about central's ministry degree is that we are very, we're very, we tie the very practical with the, um, we undergird all of that with the kind of theological study mm-hmm. that you really, we believe, need to do in whatever ministry you're going into. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is one of those degrees that even if you're not going into the Free Methodist Church, it gives you this great solid background in order to be able to go um, to go into ministry. Right. Um, and we have a lot of different tracks for that. Um, but I just think we have a really, and I, and really, it can also be a great minor for mm-hmm. somebody who maybe is saying, I feel primarily called to workplace ministry, but I want to do a little bit more study on uh, ministry in general. Like, so, you know, I want to get yeah. a business degree, but I want to have a little background because I know that God's calling me to something and I want to make sure I can articulate that, I can communicate that to people. Um, so we also have a great minor that you got great couple different minors that you can do alongside another degree that won't, depending on the degree, won't add a huge amount of classes right. and things like that, but will kind of equip you and give you uh, the background no matter what you're going into. So, right. so yeah, I'm always willing to, I'm, my office is always open um, when I'm not teaching. Uh, to meet with yeah. students and to talk to them about ways that we can help equip them for whatever they're going into. Mm-hmm. The reality these days also is that a lot of folks even that would like to go into full-time vocational ministry, that's not necessarily where the trends are going in terms of churches being able to pay full-time. Right. Work, yeah, I honestly, right? <laughs> I think we're, we're getting closer and closer to a point where pastors are really going to have to invest in bivocational ministry, yes, absolutely. which I honestly think is a better model yeah. in general. I mean... 
It depends. Um, I, yeah, right? it, de- it depends. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't say that it's a yeah. better model. It's different it's, things it's work for different times. It's the model we're moving times. towards, for, certainly. I yes, think. Yeah. I, I think so. And, yeah. I, you know, I think Francis Chan really, with the We Are Church movement right. um, back in, what, 2014 mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. I think he was really... Um, got the ball rolling with yeah, that yeah. and providing us kind of a, a way what that could look like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it, there's a lot of students on campus who would say, okay, I don't um, feel like I'm being called to full-time vocational right, ministry right. Um, or I don't f- feel called to being a pastor or mm-hmm. anything like that. But, th- you know, there are a lot of students who say, I really feel passionate about being a PE teacher or... Yeah. Yep. Um, starting a business. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what what ministry looks like in that sense? Like, how how do we operate mm, in yeah. our with our faith in our vocation? Yeah. If we're not question. a you know full time vocational, right? How, how do you, how do you how bring do we, that those two yeah. together? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I know there are one of the things, and I have not delved too much into this, um, but I know there are a lot of people out there right now doing a lot of equipping of specifically of work people in workplace ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's such a um, just a valuable ministry that they're focusing on that because mm-hmm. there, there was there was a push a few decades ago of, of this idea that no matter what where we're at no matter what job we're at we are representing Christ if we're a follower of Jesus um, and I think that a lot of um, businesses today are starting to recognize the benefit of that so there's actually something starting to be called a workplace chaplain <laughs> that is actually a job you can get hired for. Really? Yes. Just like there are then, bigger businesses, you know. I don't okay. know that I, I'm gonna throw one out and I don't know if this business does right. does it, but like a Google or something like that, yeah. these larger businesses, um, they have things called workplace chaplains. Really? Yeah. I mean I was aware of I, I was aware of like hospital chaplains. Right, right. Um and I mean, obviously on a Christian campus there's a student body chaplain. Right. So I, I was I'm aware of a couple different areas where the chaplaincy role has i mean even military chaplains oh absolutely yeah um but this is new news yeah. to me about yeah. there being work it's just chaplains. in the last few years that really? this is, i had a friend that almost went into it okay um yeah it's really interesting but i think beyond that like i have examples in my life of people um who just took seriously the fact that they were a christian witness in their business and so they would start out by kind of you know making it not in a way that was i think i think these days we have to make sure we're not being obnoxious about it yeah right i mean that's kind of the like line that we have to really well we always should have people really should never have been obnoxious but um i just have some great examples in my life of people who took seriously that they were a witness to christ in their businesses and they would Mm -hmm. do bible studies and really just were known as the people, the person that people could come, anybody could come to them anytime for prayer or for comfort. Like, and mm-hmm. I think that is the key is that letting it be known that you are someone that others can turn to right. and that you're willing to speak into their life, offer a shoulder to cry on, mm-hmm. offer a prayer for them and to just be that witness, but also be authentic. 
But Mindy, how right. how is Jesus going to know that I'm being faithful to him if I'm not saying that he's going to send people to hell if they, <sighs> and how, how and how are people how are how are yeah. how is Jesus going to know I'm not being faithful to him if I don't put the Jesus fish on my the one that eats the Darwin fish on my bumper sticker or on on my bumper yeah. and how, there's how, no how, other way to know yeah there's no no way no way at all so how how do we <laughs> Yeah. What's the new, I haven't read it yet, but isn't there a book out called Thou Shalt Not Be a Jerk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we have definitely forgotten that. And you know what it comes back to for me? It mm-hmm. comes back to me, to my grandma, right? Mm-hmm. What was she known for in the community? She loved Jesus and she loved kids and other people and wanted to tell them about who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Like she was not known. And, and let me say this very clearly. She was not known as the person that went around telling everybody they were going to hell. Her brother was like that. Her brother was a minister in town and was well known for that, right? Like, so even within the same family, you had a contrast of personality. And she was one who was known as somebody who led people to the Lord. And I think that is a key. Do people know that you care about them? Because if you're leading off with everything that's wrong with you, with other people, if you're leading off with telling people everything that's wrong with them, they're not going to hear that you care about them. Well, and I think even le- leading off with, you're not on my team. You're not in my group. You're not like they're yes. like you're not a part of this. I think if yes. we're if we're leading off with that, it really yeah. closes because then what that does for people is that that puts them in a place where they don't want to step into it. Because they're like, oh, stepping into this for one thing means I have to associate with all of everything that. Um, I associate with this. Yes. Um, and it, it's just having that dichotomy. It makes people less likely to want to know Jesus. Well, and I think, too, we also have to recognize that every interaction you have, especially if it's one where you are being being like Jesus, if you're mm-hmm. attempting to show Jesus to others, people are coming to you, coming to that conversation with their own hangups and their own experiences that they've had in the past. So sometimes if they're rude, quite frankly, has nothing to do with you. It has to do with someone who mistreated them in the past. And I think we have mm-hmm. to be really aware of that. I Again, I'll use my own parents as examples. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they both could walk, they have every right, my dad in particular, my dad has every right to walk around the rest of his life with a chip on his shoulder because of what was done to him by people in the church. Um, and I am not saying my dad is perfect, (laughs) (laughs) but there are, you know, like he has that opportunity and has not always taken it. He now is, he is back in church. That's a part of his journey now. Um, Mm. the Lord's still at work in that story. But, you know, when you think about. When you think about where someone has been, mm-hmm. you can't measure them always by where you would like them to be, but just recognize where they're at Absolutely. in their story, right? You know, and I, I've I've actually started to pick up. You know, we, we were you mentioned thou shall not be a jerk, and that you know there are a lot of believers I think that that really turn people off to Jesus because of that this sort of bad jerky rhetoric. But yeah. then I stop to think, you know. I, I think it's the same thing the other way around. I think that there are believers who have taken hits from 
non-believers and so they don't want to take those hits they don't want to yeah. be heard about it yeah. so they want that dichotomy because they, they they don't want uh, they, they don't want to be that mm-hmm. and they also don't want this person to come in and yeah deliver more pain right and right. so i think there's a lot of believers that are hurt who <laughs> for you know lack of a more graceful term for it they just need to know that christ died for both of them right right and you know kind of sometimes we need to get over ourselves and and, and accept and accept the hurt yeah um and then move on and continue to love them but and believe and know that jesus wants to heal us yes and that we can be healed we don't have to live in that pain Mm -hmm. and just sit in it and, and I say that as somebody who I have several situations where I would truly and am probably not moving out of the pain. Like Jesus would be mm-hmm. far more willing, is, is willing to heal me. And I'm just sitting here going, I don't know. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to have an excuse. So it's, I think I'll just nice sit here. It's nice to be the victim. It, sometimes it is. Sometimes it yeah. feels, sometimes it, well, or, or rather, it feels nice to call ourselves the victim because victims it feels like, nice not to have yeah. to change. I mean, yes. let's be honest. Yeah. Right. Like, so think about. Okay. So have you read um, uh, Prince Caspian and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series? I haven't. I'm aware. I'm. I haven't. Okay. So I'm going to tell the story of just one example. So is, there's a, it's the one with Eustace. Is in the dragon. Yes. Okay. Yes, I do yes. know this story. Yes. Yes. I've, so I've heard this as an illustration. Before. Eustace is this little boy uh-huh. who is kind of a jerky dopey boy yeah he's annoying um he gets turned into a drag he gets turned into a dragon by out of his own greed uh because he wants the gold and aslan who is the lion in the story and is also the jesus figure um basically says that to heal him he needs to sort of strip the the dragon skin off of him Mm -hmm. and the whole idea is that it is painful to let go of that sin like the process of removing sin from our life because the what's the line from man i'm not great at like uh just (laughs) randomly quoting bible verses when i say this (laughs) theology chair it's okay Um, most of us the sin that so easily entangles right sin gets tangled up inside of us because it's a system becomes a system of how we think and how we see the world and there's just that idea of God having to just strip that from us is in some ways uncomfortable because it means mm-hmm. that we have to change the way that we see ourselves mm-hmm. and the way that we see others. And it requires a change in behavior at its core. And that is painful and mm-hmm. hard to do sometimes. And so. Mm-hmm. It is easier to stay in the dragon skin and not let Aslan take that off of us sometimes. Yeah. But I'm all I'm pretty sure and I'm I'm about to do the same thing where I know the verse but I don't know the <laughs> verse. Um but I'm pretty sure there's a verse it's either John or Paul or honestly kind of both because I know in first John you'll see a lot of this language but that they'll know that we're Christians by our theology. Mm. Right. That's that's how the, that's how it goes. It's it's it, they'll know we're Christians no, by the are. fact that we know all the right truth. By by the fact that we hit people over the head with our truth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's what it says. Yeah. That's love. They'll know we're Christians by our love. 
Which is not, you know, I saw a quote the other day that said, that made the point, love is, love is, I can't remember. I can't remember. (laughs) The the essence of the quote was, love is not an emotion, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Love is a decision. I could quote some old school DC talk, love, love, love is a verb. But anyway, (laughs) I won't. You'll know how old I am when I do that. Um, (laughs) Right. Love is an active decision. Mm -hmm. So it is our choices and it is our actions towards others. And that often requires for us to demonstrate love, for us to be love, requires change on our parts. Mm. Requires us letting God change us. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So one last question. How would you say you are staying anchored in your faith as our um, semester of being anchored in hope in our faith? Yeah, it's I will be honest, it is a rough season right now on several Mm. levels. Um, Just all of those things that had like we've only lived here now two going on three years, Mm -hmm. going on our third year now. So we just were getting into rhythms of relationship. Right. Um, and basically this past year took that away. Mm. And God has definitely given me graces in, like we discussed even before we started, yeah. Zoom has been a grace in some ways because I've connected with friends uh, back in Michigan, just right. even throughout my lifetime, because we were being intentional during COVID about connecting Um, And that has been some of the grace of this past year. But overall, it has been very difficult because the rhythms that I had of how I rooted myself and anchored myself in Christ Mm -hmm. were gone. And it was hard then to reestablish rhythms. So one of the things um, is that I am forcing several of my classes to memorize John chapter 15 verses one through uh, John chapter 15 verses one through we're at that verse five right now uh, we're going on through. And, and so that's been one of the ways is I'm actually trying to make my classes help me stay rooted. Um, so it actually, I will say central has been one of those, one of those things that has rooted me and given me hope um, in the midst of all of this. Um, but yeah, it's been difficult. So I'm trying to make scripture memorization uh, more of a priority this year because of some of the reading I've, I've been doing about how um, when we do more than just short-term scripture memorization and we root it into ourselves and it becomes a part of our story. So then we talk about the scripture that we're memorizing we mm-hmm. apply it to um, what's going on in our life right now. It actually essentially becomes embedded within us and beyond short-term memory. And um, there's just studies that talk about how essential that is as in our faith development because it then becomes a way that we truly can allow Christ to speak into our lives because we have his words already kind of embedded into us so that's Mm -hmm. one of the ways i'm attempting to be um (laughs) rooted rooted in yeah yeah it's it's really interesting every time 
I have these interviews mm-hmm. with people, there are two inevitably two things that people say. It is my people around me, my brothers and sisters in yeah. Christ, my faith community, um, and scripture. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things. Yeah. And uh, on occasion, people will also add prayer to that list. Yeah. It's it's those three things. Yeah. And the, I think those are honestly like the three, three things that are hardest for us believers because yeah. we don't want to be, because iron sharpens iron, um, but mm-hmm. we don't want to deal with the sparks. Um, How true is that? Yeah. We, yeah. and we're not disciplined enough to want to sit down and read through scripture because we're, you know, we're, we're enter it's entertainment culture. Scripture is not entertaining unless we already have a habit of enjoying and taking in content through reading. Yeah. Do you know what my new saying is? And I think I stole it from somebody and I actually don't know who I stole it from at this point. Like, you know, sometimes those things like yeah, it gets I mean, lodged in your mind. You don't remember. Um, we as Christians, particularly in this culture in America mm-hmm. these days, uh, we're all being discipled. Most of us are not being discipled into being believers. Our, we're being discipled mm-hmm. by what we do, by what we fill our time with. So if you want to, if we want to ask ourselves, what kind of a uh, follower of Jesus am I? Mm-hmm. What kind of disciple believer? Uh, the answer is most often truly not going to be a follower of Jesus, right? Like it's, yeah. I'm being discipled by all of the content that I'm filling my brain with. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. so I've heard, I've heard a, I've heard pastors basically say, that they are that that they feel like they have to compete with news with news networks and mm-hmm. other media outlets like yeah. and social media yeah. because they have one they hour are competing with them. yeah yeah <laughs> yes, because absolutely. because they have one yeah. hour on Sunday morning yeah. and if that's the only you know spiritual content if that's the only formation you're getting on a weekly basis and then the rest is coming from you name whatever no- news that you want to listen to mm-hmm. and and um uh, whatever your TikToks <laughs> and your favorite Netflix show, yep. if those are the only things that are forming you, inevitably those are the things that are going. You're, those are going to shape you more than the forty-five minute sermon that your pastor preached. Oh heaven have mercy! I don't like sitting through forty-five minute sermons. Sorry, all <laughs> you pastors out there. My attention span is not long enough for that. <laughs> uh, brief, brief is beautiful. Nobody and the can longer hear you, after the certain well, point. Yeah. And and honestly, the longer you go in a sermon, the more your the more chance for heresy. Yes, <laughs> that's, absolutely. That's the true. way it goes. Yes. You you want to preach yes. for three hours straight and have nine different points, that's fine. I just want to say that point eight is probably going to contradict point two. Yes, absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> for you ministry majors out there. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Dropping some hot truth over here. Yeah. Well, well and most people aren't even, I, I mean, these days, the, um, I, it's not Pew. I'm trying to think of who does, um, the Bar, Barna. Barna, Barna yeah, does yeah, yeah. the studies, uh, does, does the studies of church stuff. And they don't, they consider you a regular attender if you attend less than two times a month these days. So really, it's not even that people are getting, a 45 minute sermon once a week. 
people are getting a 45 minute sermon once a month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and those are regular attenders. And you you know, it's not that we're saying that the solution is you need to go and listen to a sermon every single day of the week. No, don't torture yourself. Don't, don't do it. it. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I have done that before. It is not helpful. You get to like the fourth day and you are just so worn out. Yeah. Well, well they, they, a lot of them sound, but even if they sound different, um, I mean, they can all sound the same and all be beautiful and say very valuable yeah. things and be formative, but you'll become so exhausted. It's yeah. like going to youth camp and you have like that youth camp high and then you mm-hmm. just do that over and over again. Yeah. There's a reason why you can only do that for a couple of days. Yes. Like you are so exhausted by the end of it. You're actually going to end up being depressed the day that yes. you, <laughs> when it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely true. So you, that's why devotions mm-hmm. are, and, and you know, having a specific set aside time to spend in scripture yeah. is extraordinarily important. That's why regularly meeting with other believers mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Mindy, thank you so much. I have I have been stoked to sit and have this conversation with you and to get to know your your background a little bit more. Um and I'm I'm thankful for you to come onto the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um this has been just fantastic discussion, fantastic conversation. Is there any way that we can be praying for you? Um, as a campus. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, I'm yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would just ask for prayer that just for stamina throughout the semester, it just Mm. feels like I can feel the weight of students just sort of how they're managing themselves and Mm. everything feels very heavy right now. So just praying for our overall mental and spiritual health. Amen. Yeah. And then we can find periods of rest. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Watch a few yeah. Netflix shows. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's okay to watch Netflix. Just don't, don't let that form you more than Jesus. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, unless it's Veggie Tales, in which case you're fine. You'll be you're fine. fine. You'll be great. <laughs> or, or what's in the Bible is probably, just gonna yes. Say that. yes. What's in the Bible. I learned, okay. I, well, I'm going to go back to my days at BBC. Mm-hmm. I, I learned more. From what's in the Bible than I did a year a year at Bible college. I'm telling you, <laughs> I I I have shown some of them. I right now can't because I only have them on DVD. Oh, and yeah. I don't have a mechanism to show them in class, some of them, but I think they are some of the best. I use them in teaching adults. Okay. Yeah. I have I have a trick for you. Oh. Right now media is you can it's on Right Now Media. I don't know if you... I do have access. You, you have access to Right Now Media? Yes. It's on Right Now Media. Oh. All right, and, classes. Watch out. You yeah, might be seeing some Buck Denver. Buck Denver, man of news. I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. All I'm, right. I'm really hoping I get to take a, one at least one class with you before my time at Central is up. What What are you? Are you junior? Senior? Junior. Junior. Yes. Okay. You got time. I'm, I'm down. All right. Let's do it. All right. Thank you for listening to the Faith Friday podcast. Stay safe, have a great weekend, and thank God for Jesus.